you're smart and work hard, but just aren't where or who you want to be. Welcome to your podcast, Real Confidence. I'm your host, Alyssa DeVere, and I'll be sharing a bit of brain science, some surprising social secrets, and a touch of tough love. Why? Because I believe confidence is everyone's fundamental right and choice. So let's get to it. Hey, 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 here we are talking about something that wakes people out on all different levels, perhaps every day, and that is the big C word, change. Change. Why does it rock our confidence? Well, change can come in all different flavors, and it can come from left and right fields. Let's say there's an organizational change, or you get laid off for that matter or fired, and that certainly is a change. There could be Simple changes like uh, maybe a change in the way that you have to go to work due to a detour or change in the seasons for that matter. Big changes, huge changes, things like getting married, buying a house, uh, you know, there's all kinds of levels of changes too. So there's, you know, this question of does all change rock us? And it, of course it depends. It all depends. It depends on who you are. It depends on the change, depends on your situation, maybe if you're not feeling so great, you know, you are suffering from a cold, for example, or COVID, God forbid, right? Uh, a change that comes in all of a sudden can really be overwhelming, right? Because you've got a lot already that you're dealing with. But at the same time, there may be opportunities and, and reasons that you're excited about change, that there's a situation that you're not happy about. And the change is really something welcoming. But I would say almost across the board, no matter the kind of change, positive, negative, big or small, it has an opportunity to, to derail your confidence a bit. And I want to break that down into some of the reasons why. And of course, towards the end of the pod, we're going to give you some ways to really deal with change in a productive way, confidently. So why is change so uncomfortable? Why does it rock our confidence? I'm going to give you a couple of maybe somewhat obvious reasons, but let's talk about them, of course, through some brain science lenses. Now, first and foremost, you're breaking patterns, right? You're changing something that you do or you think or you believe in that moment of change. And just definitionally speaking, right? the neural, neuronal pathways are getting rerouted. They're getting changed. They're getting disrupted. So it may literally feel uncomfortable. It also may feel very uncertain, right? It's like going to a new place or a new direction, a new way, and not exactly knowing. You might even have a GPS, but it's still a little unnerving. And I laugh sometimes because whenever I go to a new place and I ask other people, it seems to be common. It seems like it takes a lot longer than it really does because you're so uncertain and you're trying to take all the information, not minding the milestones, looking for different uh, ways to kind of cue you next time. And then you come back even that same day and you go the same way, but the other way in the reverse. And it is, you're like, wow, it looks felt so much longer on the way there. And so that change, that new planting of neurons and really kind of rerouting all the stuff that's already deep rutted in your brain. That takes a lot of energy. It takes a lot of focus. And of course, it's, it's a little unnerving because they're new. They're just new. You also have to give credit to your brain because 
whenever something happens that's new or different, it goes into all kinds of calculations and tries to figure out what could happen, might happen, as well as the dependencies. You know, if I do this, what could happen? Or if I do this, what other things will be impacted? So for example, if I move, physically move from one house to the next, what's going to happen? Who, you know, what am I going to impact with that decision? And, you know, I'm using the word moving because I'm still scarred myself. My mother just moved recently uh, from Sarasota, Florida up to the Massachusetts area where I live. And people are thinking, what? It's a little backwards, but you know what? She really wanted to be near her family and in an environment that just felt a little bit more aligned with who she was. So needless to say, she moved up here and trauma is an understatement because not only, you know, all her belongings had to be kind of gone through and, and, and whittled down because the space she's coming up here is much smaller. So all of that was hugely traumatic, but finding new doctors, finding new friends, teaching her all the new roads and how to get around and, and even just little things that would really rock her world. She's like, do I need a last pass on my car? And, you know, where do I get my groceries and, and all kinds of things that were new. And of course, in a young brain, that may seem exciting, but to an older person, it is beyond traumatic. I don't know even what the word would be, but it is really can be uh, over overwhelming in a really negative way. And to keep her from jumping over that ledge literally uh, was a challenge. It was that, you know, take one day at a time and we'll help you and we'll take you to the supermarket a few times and yada, yada. But still, you know, that exhaustion that she was feeling, I was watching it and it literally was a cognitive outage, you know, then early in the day, even just deciding where to hang certain pictures would kind of put her in that place of, I can't do anything more cognitively during the day. And this is a woman who not only was a, a, the epitome of a Manhattanite, but still to this day does the New York Times puzzle every morning. So it's not for lack of intelligence or lack of ability. It's just literally the new pathways are just taking its toll. So, you know, the dependencies that your brain starts to correlate, don't underestimate the fact that even though you don't think you're thinking, your brain is doing a lot of that. And that may be why the change is so hard and exhausting. Now, the biggie, which is always the one that gives us the confidence run for our money, is that we're afraid of failing. We're afraid of failing in some way. We're afraid that if we make this change, it won't be good. You know, as many data points as we have that say this is the right thing to do, the change can be scary, of course. And so the, the fear of failure is really, really at its peak. And of course, the pseudonym for failure in the vocabulary of confidence is the fear of rejection, right? We're afraid that if we do this, people are going to look down on us, going to think that we're a failure, that it can consider us a loser. I remember when I was leaving corporate work as the chief marketing officer for a couple of tech companies, and then I started my own business. And it, that in of itself, when I first did it, wasn't a big change, right? It was like, oh yeah, you're very entrepreneurial. We can see that. And I actually started a marketing company, so it wasn't a huge leap. But when I decided to start the Confidence Institute, man, oh man, did I get hairy eyeballs from every person I met. Well, you're going to start a business about what? <laughs> you're going to do what? You're going to start a business about confidence? Like, how do you make money? Like all those questions. And as a entrepreneur, you know, you've got a lot of questions anyway, but layered on top of that was those 
doubting people, people that I cared and loved and respected. Now, in all hindsight, I will admit to you that I was questioning it myself, of course. But I'll also admit to you now, with all the accomplishment of the Institute, you know, my spokesperson role at L'Oreal through it cosmetics, all the ways that has been confirmed that I'm not crazy feels really, really good. So, you know, change again, scary, maybe not necessarily know the outcome, but next time I go to make a big change, I take all that beautiful confidence collection with me of the accomplishments that I have made. So that's a good thing. So speaking of taking things with you to make change easier, we're going to take a little break, give our sponsor some love. And when we come back, I'm going to give you the five C's of confidence, how to build confidence, particularly in this area of change. We'll be right back. This podcast was sponsored by It Cosmetics, a makeup and skincare company committed to helping all women be their confident best. It Cosmetics campaign, Confidence at Work, provides free brain science-based resources, including educational articles and videos developed together with the American Confidence Institute. It Cosmetics also partners with Kiva, an international nonprofit that directly empowers underserved female entrepreneurs. Please learn more at itcosmetics.com forward slash confidence at work. All right, we are back and I want to come back to this topic of change because again, it is something that we live with each and every day, change of seasons in New England. I know even that throws us into total tizzy fits, It's not just changing our closets, but like the whole difference in sunshine and, and how we maneuver our days. It could be anything, really. It could be anything. Change a brand of a toothpaste for that matter. But there are some nice steps here that we use in all our coaching, and I want to share them with you in terms of how to tackle a change, whatever it be, again, big or small. And I sometimes feel a little guilty doing this in a podcast format because it really helps to have a conversation with somebody about these things. So I'm going to encourage you to take some notes to think about this, but also then find somebody that can be a thought partner doesn't have to be a formal coach. If you do want one, of course, we've got some amazing coaches through the Institute, but at the same time, this is designed for you to self-coach and perhaps use even a partner or a friend as a sounding board to make sure that um, you're all tightened and ready to rock on this change, whatever it would be. So our first C is always clarify and clarify really means to understand what it is that you're afraid of, right? So I'm afraid if I do X, why is going to happen? And the why is really what fear? What, what's the fear? Is it failure? Is it rejection? Is it regret? I'm afraid to make this change because it might be X. Like it may make me look stupid or it may make me regret that I made that decision. Like really stare that fear in the face. And when you clarify what the problem is, when you clarify what the fear is, you realize that the problem isn't the change itself. The problem is what you're worried about, what you're fearing. And that fear is a beautiful thing when you know what it is, because you can stare it down, objectify it, and do something about it. So the next thing in our list, our next C after clarify is calibrate. And calibrate really is a way of saying, measure how true things are. Is it really an accurate perception that if you do that, make that change, that you really 
will be as impacted as you think you are. So if you take that new job or you take on a new project or you drive a different way to work for that matter, and you're fearing that you're going to be late, that's, you know, you're worried. And then you say to yourself, all right, well, what would happen if I'm five minutes late? So calibrating it back to the reality really helps. And, and again, talking this through with somebody who's a little bit more objective, less emotional, can make a huge difference in the way that you see and, and recognize what's really wigging you out. Our next C is control. And this is the secret to all the confidence, rebuilding, building, strengthening that we do in all aspects of confidence. And that is when you take control, when you make the decision to take control of the situation and not let it control you, that's the confidence moment. That's when you have hijacked your amygdala and say, nope, nope, we're not going to go down into the brainstem. We're not going to wig out. We are going to be brilliant and think this through enough so that we can make a decision about what to do next. And that control moment, you know, control is a little scary for some people, but you're not controlling other people. You're controlling your brain. You're controlling your decision path, path here. And while you can't necessarily control the change, it may be happening with or without your decision. You may be getting let go in an organizational change or whatever. You can decide, you can control how you feel about it and what you're going to do next. So you're going to grab control of that and you're going to make some conscious decisions. And the way that you do that is really to think through the, the options, brainstorm. And some of the options may be preposterous, maybe ridiculous. Maybe it is, you know, oh, I'm going to go through this organizational change and I am going to just take a couple of months off, maybe go take a sabbatical somewhere. I mean, it, it can be whatever, fantasize a little bit, give yourself that freedom to brainstorm all the possibilities of what you can do as a response, reaction, proaction of this particular change. And then pick one, just pick one, say, I'm going to do that because it feels right, it seems right, it gives me a sense of the right direction. And maybe in a couple of weeks, you can uh, say, yeah, it wasn't such a good decision, I'm gonna do something else, but at least you've done something, you move forward in a way that is not somebody else's choice, but yours. All right, that's our third C. The, the fourth C here is to communicate. And communicate, I suggested before, talking with a partner, a friend, a coach, absolutely great. But I also want you to communicate with your inner critic. I want you to remind her, remind him, remind them that you are human and that you are going to make mistakes. That's normal. And that's part of life. It's part of learning. I also want you to remind yourself that you can only do so much in the day. And yes, you should always push yourself to do great things, but at the same time to pay attention to the way you're feeling, because again, change takes up a lot of cognitive resource. So be in touch with how you're feeling because when you're tired and you're pushing and you're making bad decisions, that's one way you regret. So communicate with your inner critic, communicate with other people, set some milestones, set some measurements and be very clear about what you're doing and why. And that makes a very big, dis big difference when you look back and go, Hmm, I did a really good job in moving my own life forward. Now, the last C in our list is coach. And coach can be, again, with a third-party person, whether it's informal, it could be with somebody like a friend or a spouse who's just being a, an accountability buddy, as we say, and that's great. But you self-coach yourself, 
through this process. And, and every week, put a minute or two. It doesn't take a half an hour. It can take a minute or two. Check in with yourself. How am I doing? How do I feel about the change and what I've decided to do about it? Am I making progress? Do I need to make changes? So put it in your calendar. Make that a C too. Put it in your calendar to check in with yourself as your own coach. And I'm going to give you a bonus C, a bonus ball like they do in the lottery, right? It's the bonus C, which is celebrate. And celebrate is celebrate right now that you're listening to this podcast, because that is a huge step in the right direction. If you're trying to make a change and you're considering what you're going to do next, celebrate that. Celebrate any time that you've hit a milestone, because we don't celebrate ourselves enough. I don't care what gender or age you are, we don't celebrate our own success. And the older you get and you expect other people to celebrate that, and then you're disappointed. So celebrating, going, ooh, look what I did today. I moved that picture. Ooh, I looked up some jobs. Ooh, I bought them my resume, whatever it might be. Oh, I raised my hand in the meeting that I normally wouldn't. I made a change. Remember that beautiful Disney movie, those little characters dancing up there. I love that. So, you know, whatever it takes to recognize and celebrate your accomplishment, that not only feeds some beautiful dopamine to your neurons to, 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 it's like champagne in the brain. Oh, I might have to trademark that. I love that champagne in the brain is that little dopamine drip makes it feel good and happy, makes you want to do more, all the good stuff. But quite frankly, when you celebrate, when you recognize the step that you did, no matter how it pans out down the road, you don't have to necessarily do a physical happy dance, but do a mental tap dance in your brain. Yeah, you're giving yourself that little kudo confidence. We are awesome because you are, because you are. And you can handle the change. You can make things happen. And it may not always be a straight path, but you're moving forward. And that's what matters. So my friends, on that note, thanks for joining me. Talk to you next time. So before we completely wrap up, I want to let you know that full transcripts and show notes for this and other episodes can be found on the website, www.americanconfidenceinstitute.com forward slash podcast. I also want to remind you once again, that the best way to get confidence for yourself is to give it to others. And you can do it so easily just by liking and sharing this episode on your favorite social media channels. You can even give me some confidence fuel by sending in any comments about the topics I've covered or ones you'd like me to consider for the future. So for now, this is Alyssa DeVere. Thank you for helping to bring more confidence to the world. This podcast was produced by Mindful Media. All rights reserved by Alyssa DeVere and the American Confidence Institute. Music written and performed by Jeff Weinstein.